0: Welcome to The Female CEO Show. I'm your host, Courtney Quinn. I'm a corporate dropout turned serial entrepreneur with a passion for helping female business owners step into your power and reach your full potential in business and in life. I'm on a mission to empower more women to become their own boss while teaching them how to do it in a healthy, scalable way that supports your dream life so that you're running a business and not owning a business that runs you. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or you're still toying with the idea of diving into your own business, you're in the right place if you're looking for tools to support you as you are navigating the world of entrepreneurship as a woman. Because I'm going to get real with you on how to do so. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. I am so excited because today we are joined by Sonia Highfield. Sonia is a two-times business owner, a podcast host, and the wealth expansion coach for creative entrepreneurs who want to expand their abundance, spirituality, and strategically by building profitable businesses doing what they love while prioritizing their well-being. She offers powerful intuitive guidance alongside business, mindset, and energy coaching to give clients the most holistic approach to reaching their goals and being happy humans along the way. I am so excited to dive into all things Wealth Mindset with Sonia today. Sonia, hello. Welcome to the Female CEO Show podcast.
1: Hi, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Of course. Oh, I'm so... Excited to unpack this topic with you. I feel like this can be such a roadblock for so many entrepreneurs as we are, you know, building our businesses, really feeling like worthy and feeling happy and feeling comfortable around the topic of money. And, you know, I feel like we get into entrepreneurship to have that financial freedom. And so often I see women just like hitting this wall where they just like can't actually achieve. The level of wealth that they want, um, and myself included, even. So I'm so excited to talk about this all with you more. So kind of to kick things off, tell us a little bit about your story, about your two businesses, kind of like how you have gotten to here and why you are the expert
1: on wealth expansion. Yes. So we're complicated, aren't we, as human beings?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So complicated, Uh, even more so as women.
1: Yeah, I think that's really what entrepreneurship is all about. Is like, hey, you thought like things were going to be simple and easy? Like, guess what? Here is all <laughs> of your stuff. Um, so yeah, I went to art school. I thought I was going to be a photographer for the rest of my life. That's what I knew I wanted to study. And I knew I wanted to have my own business. And um, so right out of school, I was freelancing. And I worked A couple jobs in like galleries and for other photographers, but um, I was pretty much like right into doing my business off the bat. And that came with a lot of learning lessons (laughs) and um, definitely was kind of in like that struggling artist phase for Mm -hmm. a while. And really, I built my business by word of mouth in Boston. I was doing A lot of food photography and interiors and architecture and products and headshots and like a little bit of everything. And I was definitely like, you know, hustling. I was going out, networking all the time, really like pushing my little introverted self to get out there and get clients. And um, I was pretty good at the getting clients part, but I had no idea how to price myself. And so, That for me was really like one of those aha moments was when I decided to, uh, put some boundaries around my, my services and my prices so that I could pay rent by doing a two hour shoot. That was like, really like, oh, wow. Like that, that is a game changer. And, um, I really didn't have much like mentorship. I didn't really have much community. I didn't have other friends who were like doing what I was doing. And so it was a lot of, you know, learning on my own trial and error, uh, definitely making a lot of mistakes and um, just feeling pretty lonely. And then in 2015, I had this like, I say, I got hit over the head by the universe with this idea like, oh, you've now built this successful business. So my business was like thriving. I was making money. Clients came to me. I was kind of, you know, shifted out of that hustle mode and was really like, oh, okay, I'm actually enjoying this now. And I just got this huge wave of energy like, oh, you got to go like share what you know. Like you got to help the other creative people. Like we got to make this easier. And so, I thought I was going to start a blog, and I started a business. And um, at that time, was also where I really got involved with like a local community of women entrepreneurs, and that was such a game changer for me as well in terms of like support and just meeting other people who were, you know, multi passionate, had multiple businesses. Um, you know, we're just like awesome humans, and were really going after their big bold dreams. So. I really didn't set out to be a coach. Like I didn't really know what that even was. Um, but that's what I ended up. That's what I ended up becoming, actually having, after having quite a frustrating experience with hiring business coaches and feeling like, oh, they just like put me into box, tried to give me a formula, like didn't really listen to me, like didn't just really didn't support me the way I wanted and needed to be supported. And I walked away from that experience being like, oh, I can do that 100 times better. I know what people actually need to build businesses. Like, I really have something that can help people. And, you know, I'd always been that, like, go-to advice giver for friends and family. And, you know, it's very intuitive and great at listening. So coaching felt like, whoa, this is actually the most, like, natural thing I've ever done. Um, it took me a little while, you know, to get started and, like, feel confident and figure out, like, okay, like, I'm actually going to be a coach. What does that mean? How do I want to do this? Um, kind of get over, like, the stigma that can come with coaching. Um, and so, yeah, it took me a little while, but I landed on coaching for creatives, and I really was focused on pricing and money mindset at first because that had been such a game changer for me in being able to get out of hustle mode and being able to not be broke and being able to really like enjoy my business and feel like oh this is going somewhere and like I can do this and it's you know it's something that we we start these businesses and then so often I think people end up kind of miserable and it's like wait a minute aren't I decided like designing and deciding this? Like, why am I not enjoying it? So yeah, that's how I got going. And I just kind of dove headfirst into um, speaking. So uh, that was a big piece of what I started with was talking to um, uh, like students at art colleges, local universities, um, local artist groups, conferences, and yeah, I really started speaking around the US on money mindset and talking about money with rooms of strangers, and um, really taking this holistic approach. So I would host these workshops and give talks. And like, I would always sneak in a meditation. And (laughs) I would always, you know, start to ask people those deeper questions around how they feel about money, where they learned, you know, how to feel about money. And it really was so powerful and i saw people having such big aha moments within you know one workshop or um you know just an an hour of us kind of talking through things and so that's kind of where all of this came from <laughs>
0: wow that is so incredible there are wow i love how you really just like took this by the horns and you ran with it when you were getting started in business i so appreciate how you were talking about the hustle of it. Like you were hustling, you were going after it. And I feel like we're losing that a little bit with like today's new age entrepreneurs in the, like, we want to avoid burnout and like burnout culture is something that's very prevalent now. And just the more like relaxed, like manifestation side of business, I feel like has led a lot of people to believe that they don't have Hustle that they don't have to put in that work, and so I love that that was part of your story. Was the hustle was the grind to get you to that place, where then you could kind of like sit back and enjoy and let the work that you had done, like everything, kind of started coming to you.
1: So yeah, I mean, I'm these days like you'll find me saying anti hustle all over the place because I think that there is a difference between overextending yourself burning yourself out kind of putting in too many hours that aren't actually leading to what you want and Mm -hmm. feeling like you're sacrificing your health along the way so for me um, that's where like getting support off the bat really comes into play to figure out like okay let's you're going to have to put in energy and effort for sure but we can do it in a way that is strategic that's intentional that actually you can set up your business so that you don't have to sacrifice your mm-hmm. your health and your happiness along the way because i think there there is a difference right it's you don't just get to lay around and do nothing and expect to build a million dollar business but mm-hmm. we can find more ease within that, you know, foundational period of growth. And no matter what level of business you're at, like there's energy and effort that needs to be put in. And definitely at the beginning, like it can feel like a lot. And I think definitely for myself, not having support or good mentorship or coaches when I was getting going, like I definitely was, putting a lot of hours into things that didn't necessarily matter or make a difference to like my financial bottom line.
0: Mm, Wow. Absolutely. Oh,
1: you said that so beautifully. That
0: is so accurate that we just like... I don't know. We have to be a little bit more careful about it. Like you don't have to be working like all night, every night to be able to build a business that you yeah. want either. Like you said, like we can't just lay around and expect to build a million-dollar business. That was so perfectly said. Thank so, you. Yeah. <laughs> when you were telling your story, you talked about how you were hit over the head by the universe. What did that feel like to you? I feel like we are we're all very intuitive beings, um, but we don't really listen to those like intuitive hits that we get very much. So what did that kind of like look and feel like for you when you were hit over the head by the universe? And how did you kind of take action on that? And I just, I want to open this up for anyone who maybe has experienced that or who will experience that. So they kind of like have that in the back of their head. So when it happens, They know what's going on. They know not to ignore it. And they know how to take action on it.
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. Because it was such a unique experience. I hadn't really had it before. Mm -hmm. And for me, it looked like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden, like, I feel like something's coming. I feel like something's bubbling up. It was very much an energetic thing where like, I was jumping out of bed with energy in the mornings, which is like, not my style. Um, I just I had all this like creative energy flowing through me and like I said I thought I was just going to start a blog. It was kind of just like this energy and excitement and I felt like whoa, I'm being kind of like lit up and there was just this feeling of like electricity like wow, something is really brewing here. I don't even know exactly what it is, but there's something that wants to come through me and listening to where that energy took me it was very like for me fast acting where i was like okay i'm gonna like put up a a website page and i had um so the name for my business actually came through when i was meditating one day and i will say like this definitely coincided with like my spiritual awakening and going down the rabbit hole and meditating and all that kind of stuff and so um I've always been an intuitive person, but the feeling that I had that summer was unlike anything I'd ever had. And it really was like, whoa, something bigger is opening up for me. And I don't even know exactly where it is, but I'm just going to follow where I'm led. And so for me, I was like, oh, I'm, I had this feeling of like, I'm supposed to help other people now that my business is really like rocket and rolling let me let me give back like let me share let me make this path easier for people let me set something up that i hadn't had and like i put up a website page and i you know started coming up with like what are the topics i want to share what are the resources i want to share um and just kind of let it unfold but i also did pretty quickly at that point get help and invest in coaching because this vision was coming to fruition of like giving back to creative people, helping art students, you know, think about what is it really like to be a working artist. Um, Now I work with people in in all kinds of industries, but artists were really my focus at first. And so I really did take steps, even though it was kind of like, I didn't know what I was doing. And also I had this huge vision of where, where I could go and things i could do and yeah i think it was like leaning into that energy and just letting my ideas like out into the world right like telling people about it and speaking about it and you know taking some action and getting some support um and i will say like it doesn't always feel like that big and massive. A lot of times like my business is now totally intuitively led, but sometimes it's really just like a little whisper. Right? Sometimes it's a very subtle kind of like, "Hey, like here's an idea for you." Um sometimes it's much more gentle and then sometimes there are those moments where it feels like this big wave of energy and um I'm sure it can feel different for different people, but that was kind of my experience of it.
0: Wow. I, Sonia, I am so happy that you just touched on all of that um, because I am experiencing that right now. Oh, like so everything cool. that you were saying about like just the energy inside of you. Like, I just feel like there's like so much potential inside of me right now. Like something is brewing, Something's trying to come out. Yeah. And listening to you talk about that like honestly made me a little bit emotional. Like, okay, like this is like, I, this is right. Like I'm going in the right direction. This is, you know, like, I'm not crazy thinking that like something's brewing, something is coming. And I love how you said like intuitive hits will hit you differently. Like it could be that whisper or it could be like a bigger wave and just reaffirming that when you do hear those little whispers, when you get that one little idea and you're like, oh, like you to not question it understand yeah. like what that is and that it is an intuitive hit and that that's something you should listen to and lean into. And I feel like that is so important in business. I think it's incredible that your business is all intuitively led now. Like how how cool is that? I cannot wait until like if my business is really at that point one day. And I feel like this is such a good like little crash course on like intro to intuitive led businesses for the audience right now. I'm so happy you touched on all of that.
1: Oh, good. And and it's such an exciting place to be in. So I'm like, so yeah. for you, because it really <laughs> is, it like feels electric over almost, you know, there's like this Absolutely. magical thing where you, you can be like, I don't even know exactly what's going on. But like, there is something that is getting ready to come to the surface.
0: 100% that is a, the perfect way to describe it like the the electricity of it oh so we'll we'll circle back here in a few yeah. minutes and see what ended up like coming from this but yeah it's so exciting um mm-hmm. you mentioned that you meditate what does your meditation practice look like
1: Okay, so for me, I am not someone who can have the exact same routine every day. Like, I'm not someone that's like, okay, it's 8.56. I'm sitting down to meditate for 15 minutes. Um, That is not how I roll. Um, And I will say, like, meditation is really my favorite go-to tool. And I also have resistance to doing it. So I I think that there's kind of no wrong way to meditate. For me, it is often like sitting still and either listening to something or just even being quiet and letting my mind kind of, you know, take me where it wants to go. Um, I know that people like to meditate in different ways. That could be a, you know, a walking meditation, a movement, dancing. Uh, It could be a 30 second meditation. Like there's all different ways to do it. but. I really have found meditation so helpful for being able to hear my inner guidance system and to like tap into those ideas that the universe wants to share through me. And I feel like I was leading a meditation for a group yesterday and I was like, it doesn't matter if you don't think you're good at meditation, whatever happens in the next, you know, five or 10 minutes for you is exactly what you needed. Whether like, you turn your brain off or not, I don't think that's realistic for most people. If you're just sitting with yourself for 10 minutes, like perfect. If it's two minutes, perfect. I I think it's one of those things where, you know, the science behind meditation, it's good for so many things. And so I like to tell people like, if you're angry, meditate. If you're happy, meditate. If you're sad, meditate. Like if you're having a good day, meditate. If you're having a bad day, meditate. Right. It really is beneficial for um kind of all the layers of like physical, emotional, spiritual health. And so I would say for me, like it is a practice that I use again and again. It's not, um, something that I'm strict with myself about, but it's a a tool in my toolbox. And so for me, like, I like to kind of be able to pick and choose, um, and, and meditation is something that like I come back to again and again, because for me, it really does help with that like spiritual intuitive connection and especially being able to like receive next steps for my business or ideas for my business or, you know, just be able to clarify for myself, like, how am I feeling like this? Why am I getting stuck? Being able to have that like inner check-in, um, that, that's kind of how I go about meditation. <laughs> I am obsessed with that. I
0: feel like you just demystified meditation for so many people, and that like you do have to sit in complete silence and that it has to be almost like a strict practice. Mm -hmm. I love how you said, like, just sit with your thoughts, and that's good enough. Um, Because you're so right with how much noise there is in the world, like on social media, on our computers, like truly just like shutting that down for a few minutes and sitting with what's going on inside of your head. That is so potent. I and I agree. Like meditation for me is something that I know is powerful, but I have a lot of resistance around, and like I struggle with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll typically do like a guided meditation, and I have a really hard time shutting my mind down. Like you said, yeah.
1: Um, So just that most people do. It's really for me. Like it's often not realistic to be like don't have thoughts. I think it's more about like let me let me be able to hold space for those thoughts. And then I think the power of meditating longer is that like you can run through the to-do list, you can run through the grocery list. You can kind of let yourself, you know, have all that stuff that does come up because we are so bombarded with, you know, like input during the day. It's like, yeah, our brains need time to like process. So if you can give yourself that time, like let all of the stuff come and then start to see just like where does your mind go? And if doing a guided meditation is, you know, like helpful for you, then use that. And also, mm-hmm. if you're listening to the guided meditation, and your mind is still doing like the grocery list or trying to write an email, like, that's okay, too. I think that's why it is a practice, right? It's like, we come back to it, we come back to it and see like, okay, what's the next like layer that I can let myself kind of surrender into here. Once I let the mind run, then where does it want to go after it's kind of, you know, unleashed all of the kind of mundane daily things or even, you know, like anxiety stuff? It's like, it's really interesting when we can just be curious about, like, where does my mind want to go or what wants to come through, right? And those kind of more subtle, like, ideas.
0: Oh my gosh, that is so powerful. I am excited to meditate now. I, I feel like you just completely revolutionized that practice for me and that it's okay to let that kind of happen. And I love how you said like, let your brain flush out those things, like your to-do list, the grocery list, and then see where it goes after once kind of those initial thoughts have come to the surface, like what's lurking deeper? What can you dig into? this is a you're incredible. This is so cool. We haven't even started touching on wealth mindset yet. (laughs) Well, this (laughs) this is all about it. Yeah,
1: Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. Wow. Okay. So last thing that I want to ask you kind of before we do start diving into more of the wealth mindset, you mentioned in kind of your story on how you've gotten to here that you started speaking. You started speaking at a lot of events. I feel like this is something that our audience of female entrepreneurs, like that's something that they want to do. It's something that they're excited about and interested in. But how, you know, like, how are you starting to put yourself out there? How are you landing these speaking engagements? What did that process look like for you of really being able to start speaking to live audiences.
1: So again, that whole speaking process was really like a loud message from the universe of like, go speak. And I had been photographer, like behind the camera, like introvert, shy, like I had no public speaking experience. Um, I didn't feel particularly fearful of it, but I certainly was not experienced. And so I really was kind of like naive and bold and was just like, I'm, I think I'm going to start speaking. And so um, I did have a coach at the time who, you know, encouraged me like, yeah, put put a pitch together. So I will say like, for me, I found speaking to be one of the easiest things to actually like get into doing because it's a pretty low like barrier or entry. It's really like, do you have an interesting topic? Can you showcase some kind of expertise? And again, for me, like, my expertise was that I had been running a business as a creative person. And now I wanted to help other creative people with that. So um, like, that was my pitch, I pitched to, uh, like I said, local colleges and universities. Um That was the first time I got paid to speak was at a local art college. And I did like an hour long talk on the art of freelancing. Um, And otherwise, like I, I let people know, I want to be speaking. And so people, you know, naturally were like, Oh, there's this conference coming up, you would be great for that. Or they would kind of, you know, bring me into like their circle, their network. if they knew people that were putting on workshops or conferences or, you know, retreats or whatever it was. Um, and then I did also do some just like googling and find conferences and things that looked like it aligned with what I wanted to speak on. And a lot of times, you know, those plea, I mean, all the places and now there's so many podcasts, like, everyone's looking for great speakers so if you have something to share uh you don't need to be in business for 50 years you don't need to be number one xyz in your industry like just have a, a topic that you feel really confident in that has a bit of a unique you know twist it doesn't have to be like the most unique wild thing in the world right but um you can put a pitch together. You can put, you know, a little media kit together. Like a lot of times in those first kind of initial um, events and things, no one was like, "Let me see your CV of where you've been speaking." Like no one asked that. They were just like, "Oh, this pitch wow. sounds great. That would be helpful." So I would say, you know, that's something I help you with people, people with now is when they are trying to like break into speaking, and it's like, yeah, let's have a process. And let's put together something that really does speak to your expertise. And I understand, you know, like, maybe it came a little bit more naturally to me to do that piece of it. And other people, you know, need a little bit more structure or whatever. So that's fine. Like get help, right, if you need help. Um, but it really is a pretty low barrier to entry. And really, it um can just be such a great piece of building a career like you don't have to wait till you know like I said like you've been the expert for 20 years before you can speak on it it really can be a piece of building your expertise in you know whatever niche you're in
0: oh incredible okay I'll be right back I'm about to go send so a bunch of like pitches to speak. <laughs> I, I love how you said like I started with local colleges and that is kind of how you got your foot in the door I feel like that is I mean. When I was in college, we had so many speakers coming in Mm -hmm. constantly. But then when you think about speaking, you do think about these like huge conferences and summits. But like if you start on a smaller scale, or even like you mentioned, podcasts, like start getting that experience of talking about your expertise of sharing your story. And then you can always, you know, share those guest episodes with people when you are sending like pitches, like, hey, if you want to hear me speak, hear a few podcasts that I've been on. Oh oh, that's so incredible. You are breaking down so many barriers, (laughs) at least for me on like, what is possible in business and how I just love, you're making things so tangible. You're giving very tangible steps. I love how you're sharing like, this is what I did. And I really appreciate how you, you start small and then you just build and like the sky is the limit for you, but you start with that first kind of small step. You weren't like, I want to speak at summits, like international summits, and you start sending pitches and you you don't hear back. It's like, no, I'm going to start at schools. I'm going to start at local colleges and
1: then work my way up. Oh, yes. I think for so many people with, with goals in general, they're like, oh, I can't figure out how to get to step 10. So like, I can't even do step one. It's like, no, 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 we got to start at step one. You know, like, let's figure out what topic you want to speak on or like, let's figure out, you know, like, what is the first baby step? And how is it going to lead to that bigger picture? But you don't have to start at, you know, step 10. Yes. Ooh. Okay. That is very
0: exciting. I have some emails to send yes. <laughs> after this. So th- thank you for that that permission on I mean on all of this. I am so excited. Okay, so now like let's dive into wealth mindset. I am so excited um to hear really your expertise on this and what you have to say because you are just absolutely blowing my mind already. So tell us like how as entrepreneurs can we adopt that more like holistic approach to business and wealth mindset? Tell tell us everything. Tell us all your secrets. Okay. <laughs> so,
1: I really had this aha moment because I'd been coaching people for a while and we were talking a lot about pricing and confidence and, you know, their money mindset and boundaries and all this stuff. And one day I had a friend tell me the original definition of wealth which is the condition of well-being. And I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes so much sense that what I'm doing is helping people build their wealth because as I say on my podcast tagline, it's not all about the money, but it's not not about the money. Right? <laughs> yeah. So we have to be able to address you know, the, the financial piece, but that's not the only piece, right? How many celebrities do we know who are like, I'm a millionaire, but then I was still unhappy. And it's like, well, yeah, that's not the only piece. So what else do we need to look at? It's for me looking at every area of life and business and being able to say, okay, what does well being mean for me in that area? How can I make sure that I'm not ignoring anything? Right? So like, As we're going after our big ambitious dreams and, you know, the big money months, also like how am I taking care of me along the way? How am I taking care of my emotional needs, my relationships, my joy, right? Like my uh, experience of life, because we know that money is not the key to happiness. So we have to be pursuing both, right? We have to pursue the money and the happiness on the same track right? Or like parallel tracks so that it's not one or the other, we're allowed to have both. But this idea of wealth is like, if you have all the money in the world, and you're unhappy, then it's not freaking worth it. But also we need money, because that is the world that we live in. And so we shouldn't feel bad about going after it. But it's got to be that holistic approach to make it Mm -hmm. worthwhile. Wow, I feel like that breaks down so many
0: walls of that thought of that belief that like once i have this amount of money i will be happy mm. or you know once i'm making x amount of money per month then i will be happy it's like no you have to i love how you said parallel tracks like you have to work on them simultaneously yeah. and then you can be a multimillionaire and be like so incredibly happy and everything will kind of grow together that is so powerful
1: yeah so one of my like <laughs> Uh, I don't know, mantra slogans is like, no more miserable millionaires. Like, <laughs> I want I want you to be a millionaire if that's what you want, right? If that's what feels mm-hmm. good to you, that is not required to be a successful business owner. But yeah. again, like, let's go after the money. Let's have you know, the impact that we want. Let's take care of ourselves the way that we want. Let's make sure that like, we are emotionally and mentally stable business owners and leaders who are really showcasing like. Here's my version of happy, healthy, and wealthy. And you can go after your version of happy, healthy, and wealthy.
0: Oh, absolutely. So when you were touching on your story, you talked about you kind of learned how to price yourself. How, because I feel like that when it comes to money is almost like a, a foundational kind of building block of like being able to build your wealth, like starting your business, knowing how to price yourself profitably. What advice do you have to give on that?
1: Okay, so first of all, I have to say that this is everyone's question, whether they started their business yesterday, or they've been in business for 30 years, everyone has questions about how to price themselves. So it's number one, like you're not stupid if you can't figure it out. And number two, it is an evolving thing. So you're going to have to come back to this again and again. Um, I do have a pricing formula that I have like a freebie for that people can find on my website. Um, awesome. We'll link that. Yeah. But my general advice is number one, stop asking the question. Is this reasonable for other people and ask, is it realistic for you? Right? So when it comes to your prices, a lot of people are like, I don't know, do you think this is reasonable? Will other people pay it? It's like, that is the wrong question because you will get a million and one different answers of, Mm -hmm. is it affordable? Will people buy it? You know, is it, is it reasonable? So asking, is this a realistic price for me, first and foremost, and that means that we are not pulling prices out of thin air, we have to have some logic behind it. And so that's what my pricing formula kind of breaks down is really like, you have to look at your numbers. And I know that's really tricky for a lot of people. And also if you're new in business, you're gonna put some estimated numbers in there, right? Like you don't maybe know everything, Um, but you have to think about how is this business paying for my whole life, right? Because it's not just, oh, this is gonna cover my business expenses. It's got to cover your groceries, your dental insurance, like your kids, you know, soccer cleats. Like it's got to pay for everything. And so you have to be really clear about what do you need and also what do you want, right? Because if you just say, here's my current expenses, I guess I need to make that amount of money. Then you're still not going to have enough money because we have to think about uh, savings, you know, savings funds, retirement funds. We have to think about how much we're paying in taxes, right? There's a whole lot of things that go into the money that we're accumulating. And so, looking at what are your goals financially and thinking really long term, right? Not just short term, but really thinking about, okay, if I own my own business, uh, that means i'm in charge of my retirement fund and no one else that means like if i want to buy a house i have to factor you know in how much i'm saving and you know all of that stuff and so what I find is that most people just aren't thinking about that bigger picture of their financial situation and how their prices have to actually relate to their real life um, expenses and the other thing that i will say is that, I have this kind of theory of like building a spacious business. And so I understand that everyone's going to have a different, you know, setup for their business. And I don't believe that everyone has to charge high ticket, 10 K everything. But looking at your business and feeling like, what is your actual capacity to, you know, create or serve or execute whatever it is that you're offering and how do your prices relate to you being able to, take care of yourself, have energy, you know, be able to have a life and hit your financial goals. So a lot of the times people will price themselves in a way that is actually like, uh, energetically draining for them. Right. Or like they have, you know, kids and it's not realistic to work, you know, eight hours a day, like whatever it mm-hmm. is, like you have to look out what your real life is, what's going on, and figure out how do you price yourself so that you're not overextended so that you don't feel like oh my god, I'm hustling 12 hours a day and then still not hitting my financial goals. Absolutely. So really allowing yourself to like create a profitable pricing plan for yourself in a way that allows you to like support the life that you want to have.
0: Oh. That is so potent.
1: What you said about not
0: asking people if your pricing is reasonable, I think, is so powerful because, like, someone could think ten dollars is cheap, but someone else could also think that a thousand dollars is cheap. Exactly. Like, money is all relative in the eyes of all of your consumers. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. You can't decide like, Oh, I want to make an affordable offer and you make it at this price point. Like it, that won't be affordable for everybody, but it will be affordable for a lot of other people. Um, so I, I'm super excited to check out your pricing calculator. Um, and what you said about like, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're responsible for it all. Like making sure that your kids' soccer cleats are covered, making sure that your dental insurance is covered. How do you deal with with you know your clients when they feel imposter syndrome over that number so maybe they you know they calculate everything up and they're like okay this is what i should be charging but like who am i to be charging this much how do you work through
1: that with them i think that actually there is a lot of confidence and motivation that comes when they've actually created prices that relate to their real life because the the energy around it is very different. If you've just taken a random price or you took what the person next to you was charging and you don't actually feel connected to it when you're mm. like, oh, shoot, this one client is going to cover, you know, half of my expenses for the month. What, like, oh, that makes sense. Of course, I know what I'm offering is valuable and it just makes it so, like, so much easier when your numbers actually relate to, like, oh, that means that I get to take care of myself. That means that, like, you know, my kid gets to go to art class. Like, when it's really related to you, the money, I think, comes a little bit easier, um, but the other thing is that everyone has a different money story. And so the reasons that some people feel uncomfortable charging are going to be different than reasons that other people feel uncomfortable for charging. And that's one of those things that I like to work through with people because I can't just say, oh, here's, here's one solution. Here's one thought for you. And now it's, you know, that applies to everyone. It really is a personal thing. So like figuring out why don't you feel confident? I'll give you like a quick example here. So I had a client who does feng shui and she was like, I have this offer. I want to do a whole house for 10K and, you know, feng shui, the whole thing. And like, I know it's going to be awesome, but I'm just really having trouble like getting out there and selling it. I was like, okay, well, why are you having trouble selling it? Right. And she was like, well, I haven't actually done it before. You know she was like, I've, I've done feng shui, I've done feng shui for a couple rooms at a time or one room at a time for people, but I haven't actually done a whole house for someone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, perfect. So it's not just a price issue there, right? There's not just a, a block around like, is this valuable? Her issue was more she didn't have the evidence that she had done it. And so mm-hmm. when I told her, I was like, okay, do it for yourself, number one, right? If you can do what you do for yourself, do it first and foremost. And then number wow. 2 get a beta client get at least one beta client that doesn't mean you have to not charge them right mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it doesn't even mean you discount yourself necessarily but get a beta client that you can do the thing for so that you mm-hmm. then have the confidence and you have a process you have a system you're like oh okay here's what can be included here's what can't be included you know and really being clear for yourself not just is my offer valuable, right? Because again, that is that's a subjective kind of thing. But can I execute it? Do I want to execute it? Right?
0: Oh. Wow Wow. Oh, that is powerful. That is such tactical advice. I love that. You know, if you're feeling that imposter syndrome, try it. you know, you don't have to charge the full price, but get the evidence that you can do it. And then, like you said, make sure that you even want to do it, that you even like it. You know, sometimes we get these ideas and then
1: we flush them out and put them out into the world. And then we're like, oh, actually,
0: eh, maybe not.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You have to have the trial and error. And I think, you know, the confidence building um, is again, an ongoing thing. And I think Even if we've done something 100 times, sometimes we can have that like, ooh, can I do it? And it's Mm -hmm. really being able to tap back in and say like, okay, yes, I did it before. I can do it again. What do I need to feel prepared? What do I need to remind myself that like, I know what I'm doing. I have a process, right? Like, I even have a sticky note on my desk that says, I have a system that works and I can follow the formula and share my magic to see success right? Because sometimes I I just, I've been doing this for seven years. Sometimes I still need a reminder. Like I have a process for this, (laughs) right? Wow. Oh,
0: like you said, you know, being an entrepreneur really just kind of like brings everything up. And I love that, that you as this expert who like you're, you're sitting here and you're absolutely blowing my mind. You still have to give yourself those reminders or that reassurance sometimes like, Hey, and I got this. I know what I'm doing because it's almost inevitable as an entrepreneur that that doubt is going to creep in at some yeah. point. So powerful, like you having those thoughts, having those feelings, you know, doesn't discount what you've created yeah. or mean that you're doing things wrong or that you're not good enough. It's just, it's just normal. It's natural, and coming to terms with that is so powerful to just be like, you know what? I know it's gonna happen and this is what I'm gonna put in place. Like I'm gonna have yeah. this little sticky note here as a reminder. Um so I can continue to power through that. Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah, it's those those mindset monsters I call them. It's like they they pop up and they can look scary. But um, you know, building this toolkit and again like having support, having other people there that are like, you know what you're doing. Or if you don't Definitely. know what you're doing, you know, let's figure it out so that you do feel Prepared because that's the other thing is that like, um, as a coach, one thing that bothers me (laughs) within the coaching realm is that a lot of times Mm. people will just say to a client like, "Yeah, okay, go do it." But I really am someone who I'm like, let's look at what you're actually offering. Let's make sure that like you do feel like what you're putting out there is valuable, is powerful, um, that you feel confident and you know, have really crafted something intentionally and then have attached a price that makes sense for you. And it's not just, you know, have an offer, slap 5K on it and go sell it. It's really like, let's make sure that really all of the pieces are working for you and make sense for you. And like, I'm very anti-fluff. So like one of my favorite questions is like, how can you make this the most powerful thing? that you can offer, and whatever format it comes in, whether it's a free opt-in, or it's a one-hour call, or it's a six-month container, whatever it is, like, how can you make that the most powerful thing that you can offer in that format? And then, (laughs) and then we can go sell it. Wow,
0: this is such a wonderful reminder that not all coaches are created equal. (laughs) I have so much profound respect for you on what you are doing as a coach. And I love how you've really taken kind of your old, less than stellar experiences with coaches and really built your own program based on what you didn't receive or understanding like this was the support that I needed and I didn't get. So this is like, I'm going to include this. I'm going to make sure this is there. So this is just a PSA that if you've ever had like a less than spectacular experience with a coach that it doesn't mean that that is how your next experience would be. And I love, like, as you're talking about these mindset monsters, obsessed with that term, by the way, um, but that sometimes it's just helpful to have someone in your back corner. That's like, Hey, no, like you got this and I've got you. And there is, there's so much value in coaching. So I just, I really respect what you're doing and, your like ethos behind your coaching and how you're supporting your clients. And I think that's just really wonderful for people to hear because there is a lot of fluff in the coaching space. I mean, I yeah. feel like that's a whole separate episode on its own on all of the things that we don't like about the coaching industry or things that can change. So yeah. thank you for being one of the people in there that is like actively working to change that and make it a more you know potent space. And That isn't just solely profit driven.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I could I could rant and rave about ethical coaching for a long time.
0: (laughs) Tell me about it. So, okay, we've talked, we've kind of talked about like one of the tracks, the the money mindset, the wealth mindset, the expansion there. You've given a lot of really tangible tips on that um, that people can go and take action on. Let's talk about kind of that other parallel track, the the happiness. So like how we are prioritizing ourselves and happiness practices to make sure that we are doing alongside of these expansive wealth practices as well.
1: Yeah, so coming back to that idea of well-being and figuring out how to prioritize your well-being and figuring out what that means for you. And I know that the word happiness can kind of be like a loaded word even, right? Because Mm. people deal with depression and anxiety and like all these kinds of things. And um, for me, it's not to say like, oh, you have to be high vibe all the time. That is absolutely not the requirement. But do you need to go to therapy? Do you need to work with a coach? Do you need to, you know, have a healer that you see? Like, do you need to have a friend date once a week? Do you need to you know, work on your communication with your partner, like what is contributing to your well being and your, you know, happiness, joy, like your, your mental and emotional health. And so, um, again, kind of like building your toolbox and Mm -hmm. not being afraid to really look at those areas. And I will say, you know, as a coach, there have been plenty of times where I've had to say to a client, like, Hey, the things that you're bringing up, I think, would be great to discuss with a therapist, like, are you working with someone? Wow. And so uh, I I have a therapist, you know, that's been very valuable in my life. Um, having, you know, good friendships, that's also definitely a piece of like my well being and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my marriage brings me so much joy. And also, like, that's something that, you know, again, we've been together 14 years now, like, it takes work and it evolves and there's you know always things that like we're growing into and working on and um again it's just going back to like not ignoring any area of your life and really being able to define for yourself like what do you need to be nourished to be nurtured um and then you know finding ways to to give that to yourself and um i think again that's one of those things where Money can really play a role in you like having insurance and you being able to afford therapy and you being able to like go out to lunch with friends or you know, whatever it is like take vacations with your kids or your partner or whatever. Like, money does play a role in our health, and so again, if there's like any motivation for making money, it should be so that you can be as healthy as possible, whatever that means for you whether it's like okay someone else is going to come in and make me a green smoothie every day or like i get to you know take a friend to coffee and that feels like really nourishing for my soul right
0: oh my gosh i love that and just the way that you're you're reframing money and how you know money doesn't buy you happiness and having a certain amount of money doesn't equal happiness but like you said like How can that money, like, how can I invest that money into my happiness? And there are so many different ways that you can do that, and really kind of finding out what, what speaks to you and what feels good for you and your soul. And maybe you see all of these people who are making, you know, like they're having hundred thousand dollar months and they're traveling the world, but that doesn't bring you peace. Like that doesn't make you happy. And so, like, not trying to fit into that box, but finding out what it is that lights you up like coffee dates, like lunch dates. Ooh. Oh you! I feel like you just made that so simplified on like it being, you know, finding that happiness really can be easy. And that money can be the tool that can help you do that. And I think too, it feels so good when you know, you have the money that you don't have to stress. You're like, yeah, I can go out to lunch, I can go buy that coffee or that green smoothie that makes me happy. And that makes me feel good. And I don't have to stress about spending that $10. Like, yeah, I know there is more and I know that I'm going to make more and it just kind of like, brings the shoulders down. So you can actually enjoy that experience.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, it's like, it's different for everyone, right? And I think with social media, especially we feel so bombarded by comparison of lifestyles. Mm -hmm. And I think it just doesn't matter what's on the highlight reel, like you have to take care of yourself and just removing any shame that you might have around getting help with whatever it is, you know, um, is, is really key to again, like building that building that wealth for yourself.
0: Definitely. So I feel like this entire episode, you've kind of touched on this but I asked this to all of the guests so tell me how do you balance it all how do you balance you know being a successful entrepreneur you know having been like a two-time business owner and you know having your marriage and just like living life and keeping your head screwed on straight how have you found that
1: balance personally um for me it's really like I start my day by prioritizing me and I, I have a puppy, but I don't have kids. So you know, if you have kids, don't compare your schedule to mine. Um, I also have a chronic pain condition. And so I really have to prioritize my body first. But also, mm-hmm. like, I'm not an early riser. I don't like getting up at 5am and jumping into work, I really like to have leisurely mornings. And so I've put pretty strict like boundaries around my work time. And the mornings are for me to like get right mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually before I get into work. So like, I don't start taking calls until usually 11am. Um, and I limit how many calls a day I take. Um, I usually don't do calls on Friday unless it's like a Podcasts or something special, but um, mm-hmm. I kind of you know bookend my week to have like my CEO days on Monday. You know, do my admin, get set up for the week, um, and then Fridays like I'm usually done working by one or two o'clock. Um, and I I definitely used to be someone who just like didn't have restrictions on my work hours because. Like, let's be real. There's always something you can do, right? Like the to-do list never actually ends. And so if you don't put a boundary on it, like you can work day and night and weekend and freaking forever. And so I, I did really have to learn for myself, like, oh, weekends are sacred unless I feel like working. If I feel like working, then mm-hmm. I will work, right? So again, like yes. letting my intuition, letting my energy guide me, Um Generally at night, like me and my husband will cook dinner together mostly, he cooks and I'll keep him company. And you know, like we'll have a dinner time together. And um, I really kind of force myself to like be chill and like sit on the couch and not be on my laptop. And you know, even if I'm scrolling on Instagram, like kind of you know, networking in that kind of way at night, like I force myself to just have that decompression time. And again. Sometimes there are seasons that are busier right now, like I'm in the season where there's all a lot going on, and I'm working more than I was, you know, last season. Um, So I think it's being able to, you know, adjust to the season that you're in, but having those priorities. So um, again, like, you know, for me, meditation, journaling, um, walking my dog in the morning, having breakfast without, you know, doing work. Yeah. Like just having that, that me time first thing in the day. And then also at night decompressing and, um, even doing things like, you know, reading books, like getting back into reading books and, um, not business books, right. Just like for fun fiction books, like just enjoying. Um, and the other thing for me is like, I do love to travel and, 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 non-pandemic worlds like I was doing more traveling, but for me that's always been a priority is taking vacations and like really taking vacations, not like I'm going somewhere and then I'm working for five days out of a hotel. Like really taking vacations and allowing myself to um just have time off and relax. And um yeah I think something that's come in definitely the last couple of years is just really having more play because like for me I do take my work very seriously and that like it's a big deal for me to hold space for people to you know hold people through their ups and downs and I really want to make sure that like I'm being the best coach I can be um but also bringing just like more play into my my work and you know like doing dance parties on calls with my groups and you know just having having lightness come in as well because we're we're not working on life or death situations, right? Like we could just be stressed robots all the time, but like that's not really the point. And so, like allowing lightness and play to come in throughout my day, whether I'm making like a freaking reel <laughs> or you know whatever it is, just like having a little bit more play um, has also really been helpful.
0: Oh my goodness, Sonia! I feel like you just gave us the keys to the kingdom on balance. <laughs> when it comes to being an entrepreneur, everything you said was so perfect. If you're listening, probably rewind this and take notes on all of that and figure out how you can implement those little, and it is, it's just those little pieces. But when you start making them a priority and they kind of like, they start building, like you have your mornings, you have your evenings. And I love how you are incorporating more fun, more light, more play in your work. So like, your entire day is just fun and enjoyable. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm obsessed <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. And I love how you said about getting back into reading and like non-business books. That has been one of the biggest things that has helped my mental health in entrepreneurship is because it does. It makes me shut off work. Yeah. I want to sit there. I want to read my book. And it quiets my mind. Like I can't be thinking about my to-do list while I'm also trying to read a book.
1: Yeah. Like escape into a good story. It really is. Yeah. So
0: underrated (laughs) when it comes to like mental health and finding balance in business. Oh, all of that was so good. Thank you. So very last question for you. What is one piece of advice that you have to give to the audience? Maybe something that you've learned in your career and you feel like by... Letting other female entrepreneurs know about it, they might be able to avoid making those same missteps or can kind of learn from your advice instead of, you know, having to learn it the hard way.
1: I think really one of the biggest lessons for me has been asking for help and allowing myself to actually receive help and, Feeling like yes. I, I don't have to know it all. I don't have to do it all alone. Um, there's no shame or weakness in asking for help. And also, like, we're not here to build these businesses alone. Like, we're really not. And um, I know as someone who can, you know, skew towards, like, hyper-independence, um, it's really – a a magical miracle to have people who see you who really like see your vision who can hold space for it who can hold you to it um, and really who can see you behind the scenes because you're not gonna probably I mean maybe this is your style but like for me I'm not gonna just pour my you know dirty laundry all over the internet and you know share all of my struggles like it's great to be authentic but also. I I need to have those people behind the scenes who can see me as badass and powerful and, you know, an expert at what I do and also see me when I'm really vulnerable and having a breakdown and like not knowing the answers and just having that like intimate support team is I think so, so important. And I think again, like I know I avoided it for a long time. And I think a lot of people are like, I'll, I'll just figure it out or like, Everyone else knows some secret. Like, there's no secret to business besides get support, keep showing up, and do things that feel good for you. Yes. Wow. Oh
0: my gosh. You are just an absolute wealth of knowledge. Sonia, thank you so much for everything that you shared with us today. Seriously, so much tangible information that the audience can take and apply into their business when it comes to like growing their business, when it comes to wealth mindset, when it comes to prioritizing themselves and their happiness. I am absolutely obsessed with you. <laughs> Thank you so much. So if you are also as obsessed with Sonia as I am now after this episode, I have fantastic news for you because Sonia is doing a giveaway of her Wealthy Workshops Bundle. So it's a three-video bundle of workshops on strategy, mindset, and wealth energy support. You are going to get it for free. Well, one of you is. So you will follow The Female CEO Show on Instagram, you will follow Sonia on Instagram, and then you'll just leave a comment on what your favorite part, your biggest takeaway, the thing you're most excited to implement after listening to this episode. You will comment that on the most recent post on the Female CEO Show Instagram of like a little clip of this episode, and you will be entered to win. So Sonia, please let everybody know where they can connect with you, how they can work with you, all of the things and then we'll have everything linked in the show notes for them too.
1: Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much again for having me. This was such a good conversation. So yes. um, you can find me everywhere under real world creatives. So that's my Instagram, Facebook page website. Um, I am on TikTok now as well under wealth coach Sonia. Um if you want to see me being awkward on TikTok, definitely go over there. And um yeah, I'm I'm taking one-to-one clients. I have a course that's going to come out later this year on money healing. And then you Ooh. can also um tune into my podcast, which I am gearing up for season 2. Um and that is called Wealthy in Pajamas. <laughs>
0: I love that. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. You guys know where to find Sonia, connect with her, follow her, and continue soaking up all of the knowledge that she has to share. Sonia, thank you so, so much again for being with us today. And thank you for listening to today's episode of the Female CEO Show Podcast. We will catch you on the next episode.